Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, guys? So it all comes down to this Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas on Sunday. The NFC champion San Francisco 49ers taking on the defending world champions and defending AFC champion Kansas City Chiefs. It all goes down on Sunday on CBS. I think 5 o'clock or so is when the game is kicking off. I don't know and or care who the halftime show is because it's never worth watching. Anyway, that's for somebody like me that always likes watching the Super Bowl commercials, the halftime is when I go to the bathroom or when I get another round of food or something like that because I could care less about the halftime show, especially now that Kiss is retired and the fact that they will never do the halftime show that the Super Bowl is no longer a possibility. So now I really don't care, but... We got lots to talk about uh, for this game. Gonna gonna bring back the all out blitz one last time. We're gonna have uh, kind of a breakdown of how the 49ers and the Chiefs got here, and we'll talk about the tail of the tape of these two teams and who I think will be hoisting the Lombardi when the clock strikes zero in the fourth quarter of Sunday's game. So we got lots to get to. Let's go ahead and get started. This is. The Super Bowl 58 preview episode of the fourth phase. So let's get to it. Welcome to the fourth phase presented by Bears Talk Underground and Sports Drink Media. And now your host, Larry D. Super Sunday is finally here. The the long road that began back in the preseason in August ends this Sunday in Las Vegas, Allegiant Stadium, uh, home of the Las Vegas Raiders, where the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers will do battle to determine who will be hoisting the trophy and laying claim to the world champion moniker for uh, the remainder of this offseason. So... The Chiefs, the defending world champions, are looking to defend their crown to be the first team to do so in 20 years. Uh, the last back-to-back champs we had were the, uh, the, the, the second and third championship for Brady and the Patriots in 2003 and 2004. And now the Chiefs and Mahomes looking to uh, do that in 2023 or 2022 and 2023 are the the actual seasons uh, that they're doing that. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting, man, because in the season, I think I picked – I know I picked the 49ers to go to the Super Bowl. I have to remind myself as to who I thought was going to win that game. I think I gave it to the Bengals, actually. That's who I thought was going to 
find their way back to the Super Bowl. And and had Joe Burrow stayed healthy, I wonder how that would have all uh, worked out. I'm sure they would have had a lot more to say uh, in the AFC uh, in the AFC North and in the AFC playoff picture uh, instead of not making it at all uh, without Burrow. I mean, um, uh, Browning did as much. Jake Browning did as as well as he could. Uh, for as long as he could, but eventually the dam did break and they weren't able to uh, make it to the postseason this year. Did finish with a winning record, though, as did every team uh, in that division. But, um, you know, I... <laughs> I, 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 ah, man, I, and, and I'm still teetering back and forth, but the team that I trust a little bit more, as you guys know, as a Bears fan, it's it's all about whether or not you can trust. Do I think the Bears can do this? Yes. Will they do this? Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> and that's, you know, can the 49ers win this game? Yes, absolutely. But I feel like whoever, like if it comes down to who has to be more perfect in order to win the game, the 49ers are the ones. Because we've also seen them throughout the year, as you hear me talk about here in my I'm doing two all-out blitzes for this, one for the Chiefs and basically detailing how they got to the Super Bowl, doing the same thing uh, for the 49ers uh, as well. The 49ers lost football games when they started, when they made mistakes because Brock Purdy became a turnover machine and, you know, CMC was fumbling the football and, and things like that. It was one of those things, and their defense is a lot more vulnerable than the than the, the Chiefs, which has been... You know, this, unlike every other season before it, the defense has been the unit that's carried the Chiefs throughout the season. That's been the consistent unit that has allowed Mahomes and the offense to not be 1 million percent electric week in uh, and week out. Steve Spagnola uh, has done a fantastic job with that defense. And there, uh, there's a bunch of young guys on that defense, too. So it's something that could probably be sustainable going year into year and year out. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball uh, uh, for the Chiefs. So we'll talk more about, you know, the decision I'm going to make at the end uh, of the show. But first, let's get started with a little bit of uh, news and notes. And there's just one big news and notes that I want to talk about. And that, of course, was the NFL Honors Ceremony took place uh, last night where we found out Lamar did, in fact, win his second MVP uh, Kevin Stefanski, controversially or not, won uh, Coach of the Year. I am 100% behind it. Uh, a lot of people wanted to go to D'Amico Ryans, and I could definitely see the argument to be made there. But uh, <laughs> D'Amico Ryan had his quarterback throughout the entire uh, season. He did not have to play five guys, including pulling someone off the couch to come and lead his team to the playoffs, that being Joe Flacco, who won comeback. Uh, player of the year. Uh, Miles Garrett was defensive player of the year. CMC was offensive uh, player of the year. And uh, am I forgetting anyone? Uh, Cam Hayward won the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. But the main event of the NFL honors is, of course, naming the next uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame class. And the class of 2024 is one that is obviously very close to my heart because we got three Bears going in, or at least two Bears and one Bear-adjacent guy who spent some time in a Bear uniform, not the majority of his career, but a good chunk of it, Uh, and that, of course, is Julius Peppers, uh, who played, I think, 14, 15 years uh, in the league. He played four in Chicago from 2010 through the 2013 uh, season, 
But the two big ones, the two through-and-through Bears, Devin Hester uh, getting in on the third ballot, uh, wasn't you know didn't get in in the last two seasons. And I was worried that if he didn't get in on the first ballot that he would have a hell of a time that could possibly be someone who would have to wait until his senior eligibility to finally get uh, voted in because of all the players coming up behind him that he would have to contend with other first ballot guys and things like that. But instead, just barely missing the cut the first year being, you know, they take five guys every year. He was number six in 2021. He was number six in 2022. This time he makes the cut. Devin Hester is going to the Hall of Fame, the NFL's all-time leading uh, returner uh, for return scores. Uh, I think it was like 13-6-1, like 13 punts, six kickoffs, one kicked field goal. And then, of course, the one that they don't count because it was in the postseason was kicking the the uh, running the opening kickoff back against the Colts in Super Bowl 41, which uh, has never happened before and has not happened since. There have been kickoff returns, but only Devin ran the opener back. That's the first and only time that's ever happened. Um, obviously, every Bear fan pounding the table. He deserved this two years ago when he was first eligible. He makes it in on the third try, and I, I'm, I'm sure that we'll get some footage of that at some point uh, for someone who's wanted it so badly, especially after missing the cut the last two years to finally get the call that told him he was in probably a hell of a moment that I would love to possibly be a fly on the wall to, to see uh, at some point. Uh, and then the other Bear, of course, Steve Mongo McMichael. His uh, his dream is realized, and uh, Mongo's had a hell of a fight on his hands the last uh, few years with ALS, aka Lou Gehrig's uh, disease, that has turned him, unfortunately, physically, into a shell of his former self, and uh, it's it's painful uh, as someone who got to see almost all of his playing uh, career. Um, you know, and obviously I was a big wrestling fan in the nineties. I was a more of a WWF guy, not so much WCW, but watching Steve McMichael, there was always some sentimentality there. He was in the horseman, uh, and everything had a, had a wrestling career after his, uh, playing days were over, uh, was a Chicago radio personality for a while. I had the great fortune of meeting him while he was working for ESPN, uh, in Chicago. I, I met him at a Hooters of all places, <laughs> Uh, he did a, an appearance there, and I actually won a swag bucket uh, from him for answering a trivia question. Uh, it was a Dos Equis bucket. I still have the bucket. I got him to sign it for me, which I thought the uh, I thought the Dos Equis guy was going to uh, crap his pants when I asked Mongo to sign it for me. He just thought it was the greatest thing he ever heard of. Demanded that we take a picture, and I have that picture. Uh, I still have that picture, and, and actually I posted it on if you guys want to see it, it's on the uh, Bearstock Underground uh, Facebook group uh, right now. So where I was congratulating Mongo uh, for making it. And, um, you know, now I have mixed feelings about what happens with Mongo now. Because he made it. He, he, he suffered all this time to finally, you know, to hear the words, Steve, you're a Hall of Famer. Your actual, you know, not just in your mind or in your heart, you are for real a Hall of Famer. And I said in the Facebook post that Mungo was one of a kind. He was a one-of-one guy, and he deserves his place among the immortals of pro football. And I believe that wholeheartedly. 
And now that he's there, <laughs> do I want him to just let go now that he knows and have his suffering end? Or do I want him to stick around for a few more months so he can see his bust and, you know, know that that's there to see his jacket and, you know, I'm not saying I want Mongo to die. I'm I'm saying that, you know, I hate to see him like this. I don't want him to suffer anymore. And I know that Mongo's probably feeling pretty good. The last thing he's worried about is how terrible he's feeling. But, um, you know, I don't want to be morbid or anything, but I just, uh, I would shed happy tears if I heard tomorrow that, that Mongo peacefully passed away in his sleep last night, you know, kind of thing. It would... Uh, he got in, and he knew he got in, and, you know, he was able to feel what that feels like, and uh, he deserves it 100%. And uh, anyway, I'm thrilled. And with Peppers going in, with Hester going in, with McMichael uh, going in, I mean, that's basically half the half the, uh, the, the Hall of Fame class that's going in uh, being Bears at one point or another during their career I think it all but virtually guarantees that the Bears will play in the Hall of Fame game because, the, you know, they've got three, and, you know, Dwight Freeney is going in uh, as well. Andre Johnson had a cup of coffee with the Colts, so maybe it'll be the Colts. Patrick Willis was a uh, San Francisco 49er, and the other senior entrant is uh, Randy Gratishar from the Denver Broncos. So if you're going on based on who's who got in, um, I think we're looking at the Bears Colts, maybe, or maybe because of uh, Pepper's status. I think maybe Bears Bear, Bears Panthers or something. I don't know, but I definitely think the Bears are going to be one of the two teams. I mean, they have multiple guys going in, so why not uh, why not have them play in the uh, in the Hall of Fame game? Which means we get the Bears see to get the Bears get to see the Bears play a week sooner in the uh, in the preseason. So. Get an extra game out of them this year. So, anyway, that's all I had for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Sorry about the uh, the morbidity of uh, you know Steve McMichael and and uh, his his situation is like. I, and I want to make it clear, I'm not interested in living in a world without Mongo. But um, if it's if it's his suffering versus keeping him here, I I'd, I'd prefer to let him go. So that's all I'm saying. That's the the reverence. I I I you know I hate to see this guy that was such a hero for me when I was a kid uh, suffer like that. You know I I really really hate seeing those pictures of him uh, online. I, I don't. I, I I hate it. So, but he got he got his ultimate goal. He is a true blue Hall of Famer now, which he deserved for far longer than it took for him to actually get it. So. Anyway, that's all I got, guys. Uh, Sorry about all that. (laughs) But uh, let's go ahead and dive in. Now let's go ahead and uh, we'll start with our AFC champ, Kansas City Chiefs, and how did we get here from the 2023 season? The 2023 Kansas City Chiefs. The champs kick off the season by raising their Super Bowl 57 banner, then raised eyebrows by bungling their way to an opening night loss to Detroit to start their campaign (laughs) 0-1. However, the champs rebounded by winning their next six games over the Jags, Bears, Jets, Vikings, Broncos, and Chargers, but it was the defense that was the consistent unit as the offense wasn't blowing people away like it always had. (laughs) The next six weeks saw the champs go two and four, 
losing the losing games to Denver, Philly, Green Bay, and Buffalo, and Mahomes and the offense only averaging 19 points a game, and the Chiefs lost their stranglehold on the top seed in the AFC. But aside from a Christmas Day loss to the Raiders, the Chiefs finished the year 3-1, clinched the AFC West for the seventh straight season, and headed back to the postseason. The wildcard round brought frigid temperatures and the high-flying Dolphins to town, but the defense that carried the team all year would shut down Tua and company and cruise to a uh, cruise to a uh, wild card win over the Miami Dolphins, twenty-six to seven. The divisional round had the Chiefs on the road for the first time in the Mahomes era against the resurgent Buffalo Bills. It was a back and forth affair that could have gone to OT, but Bills kicker Tyler Bass' late field goal attempt was wide right, crushing the the will of every Bills fan and sending the Chiefs back to the AFC Championship game for the sixth year in a row. The championship round found the Chiefs in Baltimore facing the Ravens who had the NFL's best record and home field advantage. Mahomes and Travis Kelsey set the tone early and the defense buckled down late as the Ravens had no answers for the Chiefs defense and Kansas City surprises everyone but themselves by upsetting the heavily favored Ravens and returning to Super Bowl to the Super Bowl to defend their crown 17 to 10. So there you have it. A very quick and abbreviated version of how the Kansas City Chiefs made their way to uh, another Super Bowl appearance. And, you know, with a, a, a 11 and 6 record, which by Kansas City standards is not a great season, but they did win another AFC West title. They were the three seed, which meant they were going on the road for the first time in the playoffs under Pat Mahomes. And th- thinking that they would have to go to Buffalo to do it, I was like, I, everybody thought they were done. I was like, okay, well, they got their win over Tua and the Dolphins in the frigid cold. Miami never really stood a chance, A, because they were on the road, B, they are playing a, an actual good team, and C, the, the weather was just not going to be conducive to a team from Florida. And uh, sure enough, that game was a lopsided affair, 26-7. to Miami never really got off the bus uh, in that one. So, but it's like now they're going to the on the divisional round. The Bills uh, were six and six. They won five straight to win the division to clinch the two seed. So they're hosting Mahomes. They don't have to go into Arrowhead to get Pat. They don't have to go in to one of the most treacherous places to play a football game. They'll be at home in Buffalo with their people. And you know it was a knockdown dragout uh, fight between the two teams, but in the end, Mahomes and company were the ones that got it done. And fate was on their side when Tyler Bass missed that field goal. You know, like I said, crushing the soul of everyone uh, in Buffalo because it was another wide right kick uh, that ended their their season. And then the Chiefs, once again, they go on the road to Baltimore to play this team that has literally laid waste to everything that was in front of them. And not only were the, the Ravens good all year long, not only did they have the, the league's best record, but any time... Anybody of substance was put in front of them, they ran them over. I mean, just absolutely train wreck ran these teams over. They did it to the 49ers. They did it to the Dolphins, 58 to 19 or something crazy like that. They did it to the to the Lions, who were, you know, one step away from the Super Bowl this year. They did it to the to the to the Seahawks for that cup of coffee when they were in first place uh in the NFC West. So the Chiefs weren't going to be any different. And it was at home. It was in Baltimore. So it just looked like, okay, so this is where the Chiefs die. 
this is where they get laid to rest, and then we can move on, and Lamar will go and get his uh, first Super Bowl and, and what have you. Nope. Right out the gates, Mahomes and Kelsey, you know, lead a charge, 75 yards right down the field, score a touchdown on the opening drive, and that pretty much set the tone. The defense did the rest and, um, you know, held the Ravens to only 10 points in their own building, uh, you know, hosting the AFC Championship game for the first time. Uh, you know, Lamar and and company gave uh, gave their, their, uh, their fan base fits by – you know, ignoring what got them there, this this run heavy uh, team that you know not only used Lamar's legs but Justice Hill and and uh, Gus Edwards and everything did not run the football. They ran the ball six times in the game. You know, aside from Lamar scrambling, they ran the ball six times on purpose, which is bananas for a game that, as you know, seventeen to ten was a one or two score game for the majority of the football. It was seventeen to seven at halftime. 17 to 7. So the Chiefs got shut out and only gave up 3 points to the uh to the Ravens in the second half. They forced that late turnover where Lamar for whatever reason throws it into triple coverage uh in the end zone. That was pretty much what iced the game uh there and just like that, like I said, the Kansas City surprised everyone but themselves by getting back to the uh the Super Bowl and uh you know, a lot of people think that uh, they're going to go ahead and finish the story on Sunday and get their back-to-back uh, crowns uh, against the 49ers. So um, speaking of which, let's go ahead and talk about how the NFC champs found their way to Super Bowl 58 by breaking it down for the 49ers. The 2023 San Francisco 49ers, the preseason favorites, started 2023 on the road against the Steelers, and their 30-7 beatdown was the first of five dominant victories to start off the year, the fifth being a nationally televised thrashing of the Dallas Cowboys 42-10 on Sunday Night Football. The next three weeks were like a bad hangover for the 49ers, where each loss was worse than the one before it. First was the missed field goal that led to the Niners' first loss to Cleveland. Second was a mistake-filled turnover-happy performance in a Monday night loss to the Vikings. And the third was just having the beat-down tables turned on them by Burrow and the Bengals, crushing the Niners in their own building (laughs) 31-17. The bye week stopped the bleeding and reset the Niners as they returned to their dominant selves, winning their next six games with an average score of 34-19, with wins over Jacksonville, Tampa, Philly, Arizona, and two over the Seattle Seahawks. The final three weeks started with a possible Super Bowl showdown with the Ravens that saw the Niners dominated by Baltimore, and San Fran would finish with a 1-2 and two record, but had home field advantage and secured that in the NFC with another NFC West title. The divisional round had the Niners hosting the Packers, who were fresh off embarrassing the Cowboys in the wildcard round, In a game dominated by the Packers, it was the plays that Green Bay didn't make that decided the game versus the plays that the Niners did that held Green Bay back and allowed the 49ers to head back to the NFC Championship game 24-21. Two quarters into the NFC Championship game, the Niners were down 24-7 and and looked to have no chance in hell of getting back to the Super Bowl. But then the Lions succumbed to history that says they don't deserve nice things as the Niners turned around, turned things around in the second half, winning it 27 to 7, and the NFC Championship game in the process 34 to 31. 
So there you go. That's the quick breakdown of the 49ers and how they made it here to Vegas and Super Bowl 58. And, you know, like I said, when I did the the stick, the picks that stick back in, in August before the season started, I picked the 49ers to be the, you know, to overcome uh, Philadelphia to make it back to the NFC Championship game. They would be hosting it this time, which they did. And, you know, I thought they would do enough to make it back to the uh, Super Bowl. But, man. After that loss to the Ravens, starting with that loss to the Ravens, you know, they, they lost to the Ravens. They won the following week at Washington, which, you know, big deal. Everybody beat Washington, including my Bears uh, this year. And then their their C-Squad lost to the Rams in the finale. So I guess you can't really say they lost that last game. They just never really showed up for it uh, and everything. But that game against the Packers was troublesome. As you heard me say, it was more about the plays that Green Bay didn't make versus the plays the 49ers did because birdie threw two interceptions and one was at least at least one of those was a pick six that both the both the both the uh, defenders for green bay dropped him you know the second one was a surefire pick six if he comes down with it he did not and it was not like he had to jump and make some kind of acrobatic play uh or anything like that no it hit him right between the numbers and he just flat out dropped the ball showing everyone why he plays defense and not offense but uh, and then late in the game, uh, the 49ers, or excuse me, the, the the Packers had a chance to kick a field goal that would have made it, I think, 24 to 17 at the time. And instead, they missed the field goal, so it's still 21 17. Green Bay still winning. And instead, the 49ers to, you know, went up down the field after the missed field goal to score what would be the game winning touchdown. And then the cherry on top for. Green Bay was Jordan Love having his Brett Favre moment where trying to do too much, scrambling off to his right, decided to throw across his body and across the field and got picked off to uh, to end the game. So, you know, I look back at that. The, the Packers basically were the better team on the field that night. But, again, it was the plays they didn't make versus the plays that the 49ers did. When, when you're in a situation like the Packers were in that game against San Francisco – when a team that has been that good throughout the season, that has been as dominant as they were for the majority of the year, if they make a mistake, you can't let them get away with it. And the Packers let the 49ers get away with more than one mistake, at least three, you know, in, in my estimation, uh, in that game. And that's why the 49ers were able to win. Because they were already so much better than Green Bay. But Green Bay had the hot hand. They were playing much better football, and they played better football that night. But in the end, the 49ers had the superior squad, so it wasn't going to take as much for them to beat Green Bay as it would have been you know, any other team uh, for that matter. And like that's why I keep saying that it was about the, game, the plays that Green Bay didn't make more so than the ones the 49ers did. Uh, that decided the, uh, the outcome uh, of that one. And then what can you say about the NFC Championship game? You know, I you guys know I wanted the Lions uh, to win that game. You know, living vicariously through them, thinking that hey, you know, the the Bears are kind of following their 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 steps, and uh, you know, want to see if uh, you know. Number one, as a football fan, I've always rooted for the underdog and 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 everything. Detroit is one of those four teams that's never made a Super Bowl uh, before. It's Detroit, Cleveland, Jacksonville, and Houston. And the, the funny thing is three of those teams, including the Browns, are expansion teams because the actual Cleveland Browns are in Baltimore 
and you know the Cleveland Browns still have the history you know as far as the the records and the games played all belong to Cleveland but that's an expansion team that started from scratch in 1999 Jacksonville uh, has made it to a few AFC championship games but never to a Super Bowl when they came into the league in 95 and of course the Texans in 2002 I don't even think they've made it to an AFC title game yet so they've made the playoffs a few times including this year of course but I don't think they've made it to a conference championship game yet so obviously they're not making it to the Super Bowl the Lions have been around a lot longer than all of those teams I think if you add them up together combined they've been around longer than those three teams and they haven't made it to a Super Bowl yet so in fact this is I think the only second NFC championship game they've made in my lifetime so unless there was one you know I don't think there was I know they made the playoffs in 82 during that strike season but I don't. They didn't make an NFC Championship game. That was the Redskins and the Cowboys that year. So, but anyway, so you know, I was I was rooting for the Lions. Wanted to see them win, and up and down the field, doing whatever the hell they wanted against this Forty Nine er team, doing it to them in San Francisco at the same time, twenty four to seven at the half, and then it all went sideways on that first fourth down call that that, that Campbell. Uh, went for and let me be clear because I'm pretty sure that I went over this a few times in the review episodes I agreed 100% with him going for it the first time when he was going for it they were you know if they if they get the first down and they score now they're up 31 to 10 they've got this thing by the balls and it's you know the, the 49ers have to score three touchdowns just to break even let alone you know try to get the lead um, so they've got to score four touchdowns or they've got to score four times, three touchdowns and, and whatever, just to take the lead uh, again when there was no sign of the 49er defense slowing the Lions down. You know, it, was a, it wasn't a bad play call. It wasn't anything outlandish. Uh, they throw the ball to uh, Reynolds, and he cannot come down with it. He just flat-out drops the ball. And then it just kind of became uh, a comedy of errors, like a third and ten same same receiver, wide open, hits him right in the bread basket with the ball, doesn't come down with it. They got a punt. After the 49ers score a touchdown, uh, Goff and, uh, and Gibbs uh, flub the exchange, recovered by the 49ers in the backfield. The next thing you know, it goes from 24-10 to 24-24, and it's like, oh, boy, here we go. And the 49ers were off and running, and they never looked back. Like I said, they won the second half 27-7. To uh, and that seven for the the Lions came late in the fourth quarter when it was already thirty four to twenty four. Uh, at that point, you know they scored that last touchdown to make it look like it was a lot closer than it was, and um, you know, but in the end, the Forty ers were able to hold on. So this is like a team that has had trouble uh, out of the gates because they fell behind to both the Packers and uh, the Lions significantly. So to the Lions but were able to persevere and come back, which is something that's been a problem for them uh, this year, was that any time that they were playing from behind, you pretty much chalk it up that it's over with. And I think that's something that will be a big problem for them on Sunday if they, if they happen to do that again. If they let the Chiefs get up 14, you know, 10 nothing, 14 nothing early on, that defense of Kansas City's is good enough that they will basically just you know, sit there and, and destroy the uh, the 49ers, uh, you know, especially if they have to push the ball uh, down the field or have to throw more and not use the run as much with uh, with McCaffrey and, and uh, you know and company 
uh, running the football on Sunday. So it's something that you really got to uh, uh, watch out for. So, you know, it's definitely going to be an issue uh, for the 49ers, as I alluded to uh, earlier. Who do I think is uh, who do I think's going to win? And I guess we'll just go ahead and talk about it now. This doesn't have to be a 10-hour show uh, or anything like that. It, it's I, I'm, I'm going with the Chiefs. Um, who do I think is the better team? I think it's the 49ers. They, I think they are actually on paper more talented than the Chiefs right now. But um, it's that Chiefs defense, man, that's really kind of been doing it uh, for me. That defense shut down the, uh, the, the Dolphins in the wild card round, stepped up when they needed to against the Bills in the uh, divisional round, and really, absolutely put a cork in the uh, in the genie bottle that was the uh, Baltimore Ravens in the AFC championship game. And and for a team that, that not many people outside of Kansas City had much faith in going into the playoffs, like, oh, yeah, they're here again. They play in the, NFC, in the AFC West, one of the weaker divisions uh, in football. Of course, they won the division again. Of course, they'll, you know, they'll probably win that wild card round in Arrowhead. But once they go on the road, they're done for. And, you know, of all places they had to go to, they had to go to Buffalo. And, you know, this team that has been their regular season nemesis that's beaten them, I think, three years in a row in Kansas City will actually be hosting them in the playoffs this time. So it's got to go differently, right? Nope. <laughs> Travis Kelsey, who we hadn't seen uh, score a touchdown since week 11, scores two uh, against the Bills uh, in that ball game scores another one, the first one of the game against the uh, Ravens in the AFC Championship game. Eleven catch, eleven targets for eleven catches, and over 110 yards in that touchdown uh, in the AFC Championship game. I mean, guys, just making his Hall of Fame argument in this postseason uh, alone. And then Mahomes, he's not trying to do it all by himself. He knows that defense has got his back. He knows he has Pacheco and and. Uh, uh, Edwards Hilaire uh, to run the football and he's got Travis Kelsey he doesn't have he doesn't need Tyreek Hill and, and things like that or they could definitely use him for sure but they know they don't need that in order to uh, win like they have in the past because you know their defense wasn't always up to snuff well the defense has been better than advertised all year long and if they can finish the run on Sunday that defense will uh, definitely enter itself into the uh, you know top defenses of all time discussion for their consistency, their dominance, uh, and and on all the rest of it. Um, if they can pull this off on Sunday, and of the scenarios on Sunday, I think that's the most likely one. And it's not that I don't think Brock Purdy will play well. I just think it's a lot more um, likely that Purdy will make the mistake than Mahomes does on Sunday. Period. You know, if it comes down to the the tail of the tape and and the battle between these these two teams, obviously the the uh, the Chiefs have the advantage at at quarterback, running back. That is the Forty ers one hundred CMC all by himself trumps anything uh, that the Chiefs have. Tight ends, that's a wash. You know, I, I you give the edge to Kelsey and the Chiefs, but you got two All Pro tight ends uh, there. So you know, it's it's really really close. But it's nice, slight nod to the Chiefs. On that one, offensive lines, uh, I've I think I'd go with the Chiefs on that one. Defensive line, that's the that's the Forty ers all day. Bosa, Chase Young, Javon Hargrave, and more uh, for the defensive line. Linebackers, 
think that's the 49ers as well. Secondary, I got to go with the with the Chiefs as far as the way that they've been playing. They don't have a lot of names on that side of the ball, but I, I like the Chiefs secondary. Uh, special teams, got to give the nod to the to the Chiefs on that one. Butker is uh, better and, and more consistent than uh, Moody, who's a rookie, but nonetheless, that's what they have to go again. And the intangibles would have to be things like experience and been here, done that, have been on the big stage and succeeded on the big stage, and that's the Chiefs all day long. So when it comes right down to it, I got to go with the Chiefs to uh, to repeat. And, you know, for somebody who likes a little variety in his Super Bowls and uh, and things like that, I, you know, I, I will sit here pounding the table saying that, you know, it's boring watching the same team win over and over again. But as a football fan, you have to appreciate what the Chiefs have done and what they're on the verge of doing and it would be a hell of a story if the 49ers could pull it off. Uh, I would love to see it. Um, I don't really know who I'm rooting for uh, in this one. It, it doesn't really, uh, you know, I don't really have a dog in this fight. My, my last dog, unfortunately, died in the NFC Championship game uh, when the Lions couldn't hang on to their uh, lead. So I'm, I'm just going into this one as a football fan, and I want to see a great game. And hopefully has a better ending than last year's game did. Because what a great game the Chiefs and the Eagles played last year, only to have it ruined by that ticky-tack penalty and with Andy Reid playing not to lose in the final minute, kneeling on the ball and eating up clock to kick the field goal uh, with the last second. I can't even tell you how much I hated that. How much I hated, you know, two of the, you know, one of the ballsiest coaches in the league one of the more aggressive guys out there to just basically curl up in the field position for the final two minutes and, and you know, play not to lose uh, to set up the, the field goal. So I can't – and it just ruined the entire game for me. So maybe that's just me. Uh, but, you know, it's like that, that – the final couple of minutes of that game with the penalty and then, you know, Reed and company just sitting on the ball to eat up clock and, and things like that really – really rubbed me the wrong way, and it ruined what I thought was one of the better Super Bowls ever before that happened. So hopefully, start to finish, this will be a competitive game that has a great ending, maybe an exciting ending or or what have you, but that's what I'm looking forward to on Sunday. That and the chicken wings we're going to be cooking, so looking forward to that as well. And I'm looking forward to the commercials uh, to see what uh, what trailers. I heard the Deadpool 3 trailer was supposed to be dropping for the Super Bowl or maybe like a teaser for the for the trailer to be online uh, later and, and, and whatnot. So I'm interested to see that uh, because I'm not interested whatsoever in the Super Bowl halftime show. It's not, I just, I don't really, I, I could care less. I really, like, oh, who's playing this? Who's doing the Super Bowl? Oh, because when I think football, I think Usher. No, sorry. Get it out of here. So, yeah. And then, like I said earlier, if I, um, you know, now that Kiss is retired and they're not touring anymore, the possibility of them playing the Super Bowl so I could die happy, uh, no longer a possibility. I mean, they they played the opening. They did the kickoff in uh, 33, Super Bowl 33, between the Falcons and the Broncos. They played before the game, but uh, they've never played at halftime. At the, so they've been to the Super Bowl, and, uh, yeah, they signed a guitar. That's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, which is one of the reasons why I would like to go there. Not to mention to see all the the now forty busts that belong to Chicago Bears uh, in uh, in Canton. But uh, yeah, well, uh, maybe we'll make it out there at some point. But um, 
There you have it, guys. That's all I got for this Super Bowl preview. A little bit of a shorter uh, episode. But uh, come back on Monday when we'll uh, break it all down. How did it go down? Did the Chiefs repeat? Or are the 49ers the new kings uh, of the mountain? Was it a good football game? Did it have a great ending? How awesome was the Deadpool trailer? And so much more. Come back on Monday for that. And until then, my name is Larry D. This has been the fourth phase, and we will see you next time.